We're just okay, and we play some movies. We're just okay, movie watchers. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Just Okay Movies. I'm your host, Biggie Size, and I'm joined by... Hey, it's me, Guido. Hi, Biggie. Hey, hey, Guido. Uh, Why do movies suck all of a sudden? Wow. Loaded question, (laughs) huh? (laughs) Well, Guido and I both have been looking over the films... Uh, that we've seen this year and have just come out over the course of this year. And, oh boy, we're having a hard time. We're like, what are we going to (laughs) say? What kind of content can we bring other than the shit sucks? And uh, (laughs) because I don't know, man, come out with the Oscar season. It's only a couple months away. I have no idea what a front runner even looks like. Uh, you know, we've got films like Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, that has a lot of, uh, what would you say, uh, gusto behind it because of the director and it's musical and the subject yeah. matter is kind of neat. But that for me, that's kind of it. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, gosh, uh, man, I don't know. I think it's a movie I haven't seen yet <laughs> uh, because I just racking my brain over the movies I have seen it's uh it's tough to to decide what a front runner for some of my favorite movies are now my favorite and what the academy would uh, deem the best movie is is very different um because I was just telling Biggie that uh looking through this list of movies that released in 2021 um I think my favorite, the one I had the most fun watching, and uh, it hurts me to say it, but I think it was Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that pisses me off to no end. All right, why- hey, John Cena really killed it in that role. <laughs> you know, he he really was part of the bright spot of that whole movie, which is weird to say of John Cena. You know, he's tried to get to that uh, Dwayne Johnson level of of um, of fame, of talent. And, you know, he, I think he's getting there. He's the closest that anyone's ever gotten to, I guess, from the wrestling world. Uh, but he's just not quite there. I don't know. Maybe that new um, what was he called? The Punisher or the what is he what's his character's name oh gosh i don't remember <laughs> uh, mr american dude i, I yeah, he's something dude. patriotic yeah yeah, yeah. You know, maybe that'll put him over the edge because you know it seems like they're putting a lot of money into that so it could maybe, be good but you know whatever yeah. uh, warner brothers and dc has to do to get someone that's you know their front runner besides batman <laughs> yeah they need to put some money behind. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Suicide Squad was a good movie. It was f- fine. But uh, it had some fun moments and whatnot. And just looking at the movies that I saw. And I took some chances. You know, I got The Green Knight. I watched Titan. I watched, you know, King Richard, which I think probably does have a chance at Academy Awards because it's super safe. It's the green book of this year. Um, but it's just like none of them are, I didn't enjoy as much. They didn't bring me as much entertainment sure. as sure. Suicide Squad, even Ghostbusters, man. 
Oh, um, that's right. Ghostbusters finally came out. Guido, I, I know you're a massive Ghostbusters fan, and understandably so. It's a great series of films that just recently has had some problems. But this was supposed to be the the true reboot to try to get the series back on track. What were your thoughts as, as a longtime fan? Oh, boy. So you're talking to the guy that has a scratch-built proton pack in his house. Oh, that weighs nice. 75 pounds. Uh, looks pretty accurate, if I do say so myself. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, I had a Ghostbusters party when I was five years old with the Ghostbusters cake. All right? Oh, uh, what, what was the cake? Uh, you know, the ghost. The ghost. Okay. Um, so, uh, big fan. I was always a Ray Stance stan. <laughs> I liked, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's character the most. Um, and I know a lot of people go for the Vankman, maybe even the Spangler stance is definitely, uh, you know, a third, a distant third and people's favorites. And then Winston, you know, he's there. <laughs> poor Winston. <laughs> yeah. Poor Winston. Um, and I kind of figured going into it, it would just be uh, a nostalgia bomb and a, a, just a grab at at people's, you know, memory of, of that franchise. And I saw it with my dad and I saw it with my daughter. And I thought going into it, my dad and myself would like it way more than my daughter did. Um, just because we have that experience, we're like, we see a ghost trap and we're like, oh my God, it's a ghost trap or, uh, there's the Ecto one. Isn't it cool? It's all dusty. I hope they clean it up. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, we're just, I thought we'd have that like nostalgic, like, ah, oh, it's the Ghostbusters. That's so cool. I wonder how they're going to fit. You know, the, the, the boys are going to be, I wonder how they'll fit into this thing. And, uh. There was a lot of that, but it wasn't enough to make it into a good movie. <laughs> um, a bummer. Yeah, it was a kind of a bummer. It was uh, very dialed in. I knew all the beats that were going to happen, you know, 12 bars before they, they happened. And uh, the way that they honored... Uh, Harold Ramis was it was endearing but at the same time it was a bit heavy handed <laughs> um, I don't want to give should, should I say I feel like people haven't seen Ghostbusters like it came and went right nobody saw Ghostbusters right you know what I am curious I want to know so everyone just um, I'll put it in the time code to maybe where you should skip to uh, but maybe skip like 40 seconds to be safe. A minute, maybe. Yeah. D that being said, it's not like the biggest spoiler. If you watched a trailer, you kind of get what's going to happen. Um, so at the beginning of the movie, there is uh, this shadowed figure. He's wearing the uh, khaki jumpsuit and uh, black combat boots, something that, you know, the critical eye of a Ghostbusters fan would pick up on as being a Ghostbuster. <laughs> and he's out on a farm field and he's running around setting like these traps and stuff. He's got various gizmos and gadgets that he's turning. You never see his face, but you can see he's wearing glasses. 
uh, it's only one logical choice who that is. It's an old sure. uh, Egon Spangler. And uh, there's uh, some Maleficent, Maleficent? Manifolent. Ma- what's, that, what's that word? Mm-hmm. Manevolent. Manev- yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, some malevolent force out there that's chasing him and he uh, tries to trap it in this big ghost trap that he set up on his farm. And uh, the trap doesn't work, and he ends up uh, getting caught by the ghost and dying. Uh, Ooh, this is in the first cool. five mo- minutes of the movie. Um, wow. So Egon Spangler's dead. It cuts to New York City, where um, I believe it's New York, where this mother is struggling to pay her rent. Um, and she gets a notice that her dad died, and he left her a farm. And they have to go and pick it up. Her, the single mother and her two children, uh, the stranger things kid and a girl that looks like a 12 year old female version of Egon Spangler. Oh, (laughs) um, so yeah. Um, anyways, smat, they find all the gadgets and gizmos. She finds a proton pack, all that jazz, you know, they're like, they figure out who the ghostbusters are. Somehow the world has forgotten that New York city was, uh, run amok with ghosts for several years to the point of, uh, stay puffed marshmallow man, uh, walking around and destroying Manhattan along with a walking, uh, uh, stay puffed or, uh, Statue of Liberty, like this has just been forgotten, apparently, because the kids have no idea who the Ghostbusters are. (laughs) Really? So they act like they do not know of them at all or the events. No, that's where Paul Rudd comes in because Paul Rudd is like her summer school teacher. And he's like, wait, you don't know who the Ghostbusters are? (laughs) Like, you don't remember what happened in New York in 1984. They're like, we hadn't been born for, we're only 12 years old, you know, but still you'd think that'd be, that'd be, that'd be in history books, right? I would imagine so. I mean, it's kind of badass. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, they, she, you know, picks up a proton pack for the first time, knows how to fire, knows how to fix it. Meanwhile, the ghost of Egon is kind of like using, uh, stuff in the environment to kind of push her towards the, the gadgets and gizmos, <laughs> like to figure out how, where stuff is and how to fix stuff. Like a, a, a desk lamp will move and shine on things that she needs, like a wrench or something. I don't know. Hmm. So this 12-year-old girl ends up fixing, uh, you know, a nuclear nuclear accelerator that's a proton pack. Right. Um, A cyclotron, if you will. (laughs) Uh, She fixes it with her 12-year-old brain and the guidance of a desk (laughs) lamp. (laughs) Uh, Man, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she just... (laughs) And then Finn, the Finn, I think his name is Finn Wolf Ram Alpha, whatever the fucking Stranger Things kid's name is. <laughs> uh, he's learning how to drive. He's 16. Uh, and of course, he's the one that finds the Ecto-1. 
Uh, so they're both kind of discovering things as they go, and he's he's trying to be the ladies' man, hit on this girl uh, in town. And then there's another kid that's uh, wearing like audio equipment and it has a microphone strapped to his neck, like a harmonica holder. And he's wearing like goggles and stuff. He they call him podcast because he has a podcast about <laughs> about. <laughs> oh, that, that's his nickname. Yeah, because yeah, he oh has my. a podcast about like conspiracy theories, and uh, <laughs> they are all four of those kids are all modeled after the Ghostbusters. Like the girl is obviously Egon Spangler, and uh, her brother uh, Finn Wolfram Alpha. Alpha. He's <laughs> Peter Venkman because he's kind of trying to be a ladies' man, and then there's a girl. Or there's that podcast kid who's Ray Stance. You know, Ray always had, you know, was kind of eccentric like that kid, right. I suppose. And then there's the other girl that uh, Finn was hitting on, and she's Winston because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> Very efficient. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, they find out the big bad uh, ghosty boy is Zool from the first movie. It follows all those beats of the first movie. You know, uh, Paul Rudd becomes the gatekeeper and their mom, the single mom, becomes the key master or vice versa, whatever. They turn into the dogs um, and then they summon Zool, the same Zool looking lady at the end of Lady Man, androgynous uh, person at the end of the first movie and uh, they lead them back to the farm and they try to trap it like Egon did at the beginning of the movie. And it, the trap doesn't work again. What? Oh man. Yeah. So it's looking <laughs> pretty bad for them. And, but you know, three pairs of boots stomp out of the cornfields and who is it? It's Ray Stance, Peter Venkman and Winston. Uh, with their full get-ups on. Each of them have their proton packs. And they're there to save the day. And they're all shooting their proton packs at the Zool. And the 12-year-old can't quite do it. It's a lot of power for a 12-year-old little girl. So uh, what happens is uh, the ghost of Egon, the actual apparition, shows up and holds her hands while she's shooting their proton pack. <laughs> um, and they, okay. you know, they do their business and zap it into oblivion. And they need to zap a few more things. So uh, it shows the lineup of the three guys that are alive shooting their proton packs. And then I think the apparition of Egon is standing in line with them, but he's, he's like, Mock holding a proton pack. He's not shooting anything because he doesn't have a proton pack. He's oh, just standing man. in line with them, hold like holding an invisible one, like <laughs> like Ugh. a mime of some sort. <laughs> and they all kind of look at him, and like one of them gives a bewildered look, and then Winston turns to the side and gives him like a a nod, like thanks, man, <laughs> thanks for helping us out of this one. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they get rid of, they vanquish the, the bad guy. And that was like the send off that they had for Harold Ramis. Um, it was good seeing all those guys again, but 
it was just so heavy handed and like not you're looking at your what you're like okay i've been sitting in this movie for an hour and 45 minutes and the ghostbusters haven't shown up it's been fucking stranger things with ghost traps and proton packs right um so you're looking at your watch you know it's gonna happen and it does and it's fine you know bill murray has a few lines they all have a few lines and uh it's good to see those guys again but uh you know that's all she wrote i suppose in in that regard and uh you feel kind of like they um played you with that nostalgia but that's all they got you know it was a franchise that was made to sell toys <laughs> sure. and here we are uh 30 years later 30 almost 40 years later and uh it uh the toys, they aren't trying to sell those toys anymore. Maybe they still are a little bit. But uh, now the only thing that they have to go on is the faces of those main actors. And uh, it just felt a little empty, you know? Sure. Do I you, wanted more involvement in the story than them just showing, you know, kicking down the door at the end and ar- arriving. Right, right. Do you... Oh, what's the best way of phrasing this? Do you feel like it would have been better if they just weren't in the film at all and they just focused on the kids and their story arc to, you know, building everything back up and beating the the ghost that, that killed uh, the guy? Like, do you feel like they should just focus more on them and just not even brought in everyone else? Maybe. Uh, maybe. I think that... They're definitely setting it up for another one because, um, another spoiler, uh, Winston has become this like CEO. He's a millionaire and, um, he ends up at the very end post credits. He buys the old firehouse with the intention of what seems to be starting up the Ghostbusters again in New York city. So, just in, in my mind, it would have been cool to do more of like a very slow build with that nostalgia where maybe one of them drops in and it builds this. The, it, you could rebuild the franchise with that of like having those Easter eggs in there and then going over the course of a few movies into that culmination where they're all together, you know, pull the MCU of it, but on a smaller scale and in Ghostbusters world, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be sure. cool? It would be, yeah. I mean, almost taking the approaches like what Star Wars did to a degree, you know, you because they talked about you know, the moment in the Force Awakens where uh, Ray and um, uh, Adam Driver are fighting, and they're like, "Oh, Luke's going to show up," but and they apparently in the script that was what was supposed to happen, but they're like, "No, she needs to have her moment to you know beat down the bad guy and." you know, us have that, that final like climax moment with her story arc. So we could really kind of build that trust or that relationship. Cause if Luke kind of came in, it would be like what you said. It's okay. This bad thing's happening. Oh, of course the most OP people are coming in to solve the problem. So now yeah. we're kind of torn and, and drawn to them. And we forget about the new chick because she's new and we have no, you know, deep feelings with her. Cause she's only been in one movie. So I, I yeah. And that's why I wanted to ask because it's, did the movie set up those kids well enough that you 
would rather have just rooted for them to solve the problem. And then, as you said, bring in the the heavy hitters, the ones that you're automatically going to be drawn to in future films, instead of having them kind of be the ones to come in and save the day where you kind of lose that. Oh, oh, yeah, these kids, they exist. Of course, the, you know, Bill Murray and them are going to solve the problem. You expect that. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it. What I wanted going into it was, you know, the Vegas uh, $2,000 uh, girlfriend experience. You know, I hire a high-end escort that, you know, spends the day with me. And then <laughs> we get drinks and dinner and at night, and it's kind of teasing all along. You know, it's a long, drawn-out drawn out process. But what I got was the $10 fucking handy in the back of my Buick Bonneville. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> that really paints a picture. Well, that's you know that's a little disappointing because you know the trailer looked really really good. I mean, of course, anything would look better than what we had been served in the last attempt to reboot the franchise. Um, so this was looking like a breath of fresh air in comparison. Um, and it sounds like it. You know, if I was going to sit and write a Ghostbusters film for the you know today's audience, it kind of sounds like what I would do. And it worries me because it sounded like it wasn't very effective. And, that, and that's a bit of a bummer. Um, it was just like, it, it, it's more like my, I led with my dad and I, I thought my dad and I would like it more than my daughter, but it was the opposite. My daughter liked it more than us. So it worked for a younger audience, at least in her regard. Um, it, I think it just for the older audience, the people that grew up with that, it was very transparent what they were doing. Whereas for my daughter, it might be like, oh, this is like new to me and cool. And I see kids doing this stuff, I suppose. Interesting. Um, but huh. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny we bring up Ghostbusters for a reboot because we also last night watched a film that I maybe they're going to reboot. I'm not totally sure, but that would be Matrix Resurrections. Oh, boy. I am a massive, massive Matrix fan. Um, remember written it in 2000 when it came out on uh, DVD and watched it like four times that night with my dad because we didn't know what was going on. And we just loved everything about the film. It's pacing and everything. And I think it's out of the whole series. It's the one that holds up the best. Um, but this new one is, I, I can't, I, I've seen a bunch of people, especially everyone who watched it last night with you, Guido kind of have, uh, be mostly negative about it, or at least at the very end, just saying it's all right. And I totally agree with that. Um, I think the first bit of it is awful because it's making fun of itself a little too much, a little too on the nose, but yeah, in a way, it, 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 I felt like, um, the Wachowski siblings, um, like that, like they were ashamed of the first movie. Right, they went like brutal almost. Like there's a there's a scene where uh, they're in a writer's room of this game studio, and uh, Neo's there with them. He still doesn't know he's. Uh, hold on. This whole thing's going to be spoilers because there's just no way of dancing around it. There's too much to unpack. So 
uh, you may just want to skip a lot. <laughs> yeah, or just like stop right now and go watch it. It's on HBO Max. Everybody, yeah. got it. Your uncle will give you his password. Just fucking text him. Yeah, just do it. Yeah, I personally think it's worth watching. Uh, eh. <laughs> well, if you enjoy Matrix and you don't mind it all being tainted just a bit more than you'd like, then go and watch it. But uh, ultimately, you're not missing much. And if you've never seen Matrix before, just go watch the trilogy. You'll be way happier with that. Uh, But anyways, they're in this writer's room talking about the Matrix. And at this time, uh, the robots had uh, taken Neo and uh, Trinity and basically brainwashed them to think that uh, their whole story was a video game. And so then they're talking about all oh, the Matrix trilogy. Oh, it had these cool bullet time effects. Oh, I didn't really like that second one. It was kind of shitty. Yeah, but everyone's like, oh, Matrix. We can't shut up about the fucking Matrix. And I was like, yikes. This is okay, but it goes on for so long. I swear at least 30 minutes of this two-hour movie Dude, is just about dissing the Matrix. They had a montage of dissing the Matrix. They play, You're right. Played, uh, uh, one pill makes you larger and <laughs> another does the stuff. They play that over a montage of people like, you know what Matrix means to me? It means mayhem. And they're shooting Nerf guns. Like, Matrix <laughs> means bullet time to me. Like, it's so fucking weird, man. It was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. And... I- you know, I was sitting there watching this and Megan had never seen it before. And and she's like asking me, uh, what's going on? I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give it that it uh, going into this. I had not seen any trailers, any. I just saw steals and that's all I had seen. And uh, it was not what I expected. And it honestly kind of made me feel like the first time I saw the original Matrix. Things were happening, and at that time, I had no point of reference of the entire series, and I was just confused. That's why I kept, I wanted to watch it again with my dad, so we could figure out exactly what all was going on, because it's a lot of, like, allegory and stuff like that. Uh, and But this was more of, where the hell are they going with this? It's not as good as that initial feeling of watching the first one, this was just more of, are they, is this whole movie just making fun of me for liking the Matrix? Is it making fun of the creators for making it? I, and like, I kind of feel like it's, it, for a British term, it's taking the piss. And I don't think it's helping the film. It's, uh, you see where it goes because they're, they're, they're trying to downplay it to Neo. So that way he stays. In the Matrix, they kind of keep this paradigm in place. Uh, then eventually, kind of like with the first movie, he breaks out of it and then fights against it. So it's very much a, mm-hmm. a, a retelling of the first movie, which is why I kind of would say it's a reboot in, in many ways. Yeah, uh, they, they do touch on a lot of the stuff that happened in the second and third movies quite a bit, you know, especially whenever... Uh, the fucking general uh, Niobe or whatever her name was was talking, but uh, that for whole first act was I thought was atrocious. I thought it was, it was. bad. It was just a bad Awful. movie, and I was disappointed. Um, 
and I actually I fell asleep uh, when I was oh, watching really? it last night. Um, yeah, I fell asleep right when the movie starts taking a turn and getting moderately better, at least not to where it's just a dumpster fire of garbage. Um, but, but I finished watching it today and it does get better if, if you're watching it and you're like, Oh, you're an hour in and you're like, Oh my God, I don't know if I got another hour and 15 minutes left in me. Um, I guess keep going, but then again, who am I to tell you to to keep going? Stop. If you don't like it, it doesn't get much better. (laughs) Right. And you talking about, uh, um, Ghostbusters has really made me think of that. Like, is this film not really made for me? It, it, is someone who's half my age going to watch this and be like, oh, wow, this is so cool. They're they're making fun of something that I know is popular and I maybe I haven't seen it before. I know nothing about it. Uh, but honestly, I don't think that's the case because I think if I knew nothing about the film, like, like my wife did, she would have shut it off within like 30 minutes. Um, and I can't imagine a younger kid being like, why is this old guy listening to all these people talk shit about him, basically, in, in kind of a, a way. We know he's 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 the Matrix. He's the, the main character. Why am I listening to them riff on all this? Like, it's not entertaining. It's not fun. It's more confusing to someone who has knowledge of the series and how it all happened, because we're still wondering... Is he actually alive? He died in the last film, him and Trinity. So is this just a a weird prank film almost? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I feel like Gone an idiot sexual. watching it. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so shocking. But you're right. After you get past that, and what cracks me up the most is how much they make fun of the film, but they rely so much on um, uh, showing clips. I hate I hate films when they just show constant. Oh clips. my god! Yeah, it was. It's uh, so annoying. So pandery, and just like, hey, idiot! Hey, you fucking idiot! Remember this guy? That's Morpheus. You fucking piece of garbage, huh? How about <laughs> this? You remember that fight that Trinity got in? You absolute scumbag. <laughs> That's how I interpret it. <laughs> yeah, like you freaking cow. You remember yeah. <laughs> this iconic fight scenes? These iconic characters? Yeah, we hate them, but we're going to have to keep reminding you because we think you're fucking stupid. Yep. Oh, by the and, way, you probably failed all your high school classes because you liked the first Matrix, you goddamn <laughs> stupid idiot pig. You goddamn <laughs> oinker. Why don't you go roll around in some mud, you fucking intrabate <laughs> so yeah that's what it makes you feel like if that's what they were going for they succeeded but oh boy why that's my biggest question why because you're right once you get past that once he finally re- you know, realizes this is this isn't real he's being basically held captive and kept alive for the sake of keeping the matrix the way it is which i also don't totally understand why it's based so much around him. Uh, I think him and Trinity are like super batteries. And that's why they wanted them. Okay. I I just, I don't know if that's, I don't, that's just kind of what I gleam they were in their two separate pods right next to each other that were all 
seem to be uh, away from everybody else. And uh, I think uh, Doogie Hauser mentioned something about how how good they were. I don't know. Okay, that make it makes sense. And that's the kind of stuff I kind of liked. I like when they were, you know, finally uh, the revelation happens of, of, of what happened after they died. You know, they basically took their bodies and um, worked on them. And it was, you know, you got just little bits of body horror. Very, very mild. Uh, but that was kind of cool. And I liked the setting that, you know, the way it looked with the two pods facing each other and they were in them and basically being kept alive against their will. I, that was kind of cool. Uh, and that's when I felt like the film started getting really good. Uh, but man, that's like an hour and 20 minutes into the film after you've yeah. gone through this punching bag of turning the film on. <laughs> like, it's just so bizarre, but not in like a, oh, that's really clever. I, th- I feel like that's what they thought. Oh, we're being really clever when it it's like the most it's like a caveman logic. Like, yeah, we get what's going on. You don't have to keep telling us and showing us. We know the new black guy, bald guy is Morpheus. That's not hard to pick up on, you know, uh, Morpheus. He says that like seven times. Like I know anytime Morpheus shows up, he's like, Oh, Morpheus. Like even (laughs) he did it to a statue of him. He's like Morpheus. You're right, and they constantly kept show when they're trying to convince him of the, you know, you need to take the pill. This is what's going on. All that stuff. That's fine, but they just constantly kept showing the clip. I mean, it's an iconic clip, but why do we have to keep doing this over and over? Do it once. The the time that they did it when he was in like the little um, stage area of a I guess some movie theater that was kind of cool like I I liked how it was like projected onto the uh, curtain but the curtain was ripped it just it was a cool setup but we had already seen that same setup like three times prior so at this point it's like just get over it wouldn't it be great if the the new Morpheus shows up and he's like hey you want to get Trinity back huh you want to get Trinity back how about this I'm going to red pill you, all right? First, you got a nigger. You got a nigger into oblivion. <laughs> tell, her, tell her she looks like trash, but then be real nice to her. I'm going to red pill you. <laughs> and he just turns Neo into like this weird pickup artist. I'd watch that. It's more fascinating than what happened. <laughs> but I don't know. It's The movie's fine. Ultimately, it's as you say, Guido, you got to get past that slump at the beginning. Maybe some people who had never seen The Matrix before, maybe they'll find some humor in it. Uh, But as a as a fan and I'm not willing, you know, I'm very much willing to say the previous two films were not great. Uh, This one going into I was like, this is kind of a fresh start. Let's see what happens. It it made too much fun of itself yet relied on itself too much. And there's a point you can do that. That's classy. You know, it, it's not like not referencing prior previous films. It's bad all the time. It's okay to do it, but you make it quick and you do it a little, you know, a little more stylish and also realize your viewers probably smart. They probably know what's going on. Don't just think they're idiots unless that's your intention. 
And that's my fear is maybe that was the intention. Yeah. I didn't like how Neo devolved into basically like a, like a Sue storm, like an invisible woman, just making, uh, force shields around everything, force pushing everything away towards the end of the movie. Like all the Kung Fu is gone and he's just, I get it. Keanu's pretty old. He probably can't even some of those. He, (laughs) <laughs> they didn't have to slow the footage down. They just shot it at regular speed, and it was Keanu's regular working speed. Uh, <laughs> right. That's how slow he was moving. Um, yep. But there's one part that kind of made it all worthwhile for me. It's very short. It was just a cool idea, and it was uh, delivered well. It was my favorite part of the movie. And that's uh, when they're riding the bike, Trinity's – got him on it and he's riding on the back you know force pushing cars out of the way and there's a point where uh the agent smith takes over the swarm or something and can inhabit it matrix inhabits people and uh can they're chasing him down this big hum- zombie swarm of matrix bots i suppose and there's a point where uh they make him wake up out of bed in their high rises and jump out of the windows at them like dive bombing yeah i thought that was super cool it was like a it was a cool idea like oh yeah he the they could do that and uh i like that they took that risk and did it i suppose it was just a neat visual agreed uh totally agreed and even a little uh made me feel a little uneasy yeah, just uh, these people. Like, if we're in the Matrix, that could happen, man. We could be sleeping in our beds, and all of a sudden, I'm jumping out of a high rise to my demise to kill fucking uh, Bill of Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That was a really, really cool scene. Well, you know, go watch it. You know, it's, it's, I feel like I've had to say this constantly for. I, I'm still sitting here looking at the list of other films to talk about, and I feel like I've explained it the same way to anyone who's asked me about them. It's this massive roller coaster, and you go through some really big lows, some really maybe not high highs, but nice little scenic views, and it just all kind of evens out at the end. At the end, you're like, it was kind of bad, kind of good, but overall watchable. And um, I feel like that kind of sums up 2021 films because uh, yeah. we use Letterbox. I really like it. You rate your films out of five stars. But excuse me, most of the films I saw that came out in 2021, I'd say the average is two and a half. Uh, I think the highest film I gave was um, uh, The Green Knight. I gave it a four. Yeah, I gave that one a very low mark. <laughs> Which I am super curious about. Uh, I mean, the film's not great. It's. It, I think it could have been better. They. I don't know. I feel like the pacing and the writing was a little off where it should have been. But uh, I thought it was overall a good film. Uh, why? Why did you want to give it a one? What did you not care for? Uh, I thought it was beautiful, and that's where my uh, good news stops. It, it's such a well shot, beautiful movie. You know the color. The costumes, the production, it was all very pretty. Um, but um, I just, uh, I, get, I walked out of the theater and 
I didn't feel anything. I actually kind of felt glad it was over <laughs> because uh, it's a little hard to follow. Um, and like the symbolism is there, but it's all this kind of heavy handed symbolism and uh, you're supposed to extrapolate a meaning from it. And I just didn't have the ambition to do that. Like I didn't care enough to try and figure out the theme or the, the moral that it was telling me, you know, I, I got an inkling and I was like, Oh, I'm satisfied with what I took away from this, which wasn't much, but I'm trying to even think of what I uh, like thought of it at the end. Um, he was just coming to terms with his own, uh, with his own, uh, death or, uh, how he would never live up to, uh, King Arthur's court and, I don't even remember because I didn't put that much thought or effort into trying to figure it out, you know? Sure. Oh, I, I totally get you there. There is a lot of symbolism and it, it, it has various amounts of success, but it quickly by about the third act, it starts getting into like grinding your gears territory. Like just get on with the story. Let's just, let's keep moving. I don't need to sit and see him jizz in his hand. And that's some symbolism. I love that part. You, know, you enjoyed that part. That was your favorite. Oh, that's man. Gave it I wanted spark. a $10 handy in the bag of a beer, <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> you did. You know, I, I thought it was kind of cool the very end. I, I liked, you, and usually I don't like this, when, you know, you get to the very end part, then it shows him running away, all the bad stuff happening, his castle being taken over and killed, whatever. But then it zooms back to him like, you know, he just thought of that outcome and then decided against him went the right way and basically accepting his for his mistake. You know, he should not have killed this guy uh, even in a game. And he's accepting that he made a mistake and he's going to live with the consequences. Cool. Neat story. Well shot. The whole scene was simple. It was nice. Really enjoyed it. Um and but there's just a lot of those scenes and they do start wearing on you after a bit. But I think the one that hurt me the most was um, pretty early on in the film on his journey. He comes across a guy and they're talking. Well, he gets robbed. He loses the his all of his weapons, his horse, the axe, loses all of it. And uh, so he's wandering around for a while. But eventually through all these like weird symbolism moments he gets all that stuff back which i just think is kind of lame uh because i want to see him i, I want to see something more interesting like no i'm he couldn't just run after them because he, he's totally unarmed he get killed he's lucky he's alive anyways uh but it just would have been more interesting if they fit that in like maybe him learning things or learning more things about himself how he could be better and then he used all those tools to eventually get his stuff back instead of it just appearing in the room with him after he talks to some lady in the water. That's just kind of like, ugh, you know, it's lame. Yeah. Yeah. It was a few like head scratcher moments in that movie where I was like, I'm sure there's a reason that they did it this way, but I don't, I don't want to use any of my brain to figure out why. <laughs> Well, and the film doesn't really even give you a moment. like, And you don't really care that much about him. 
I mean, no, you know, the film doesn't really build him shit. up. He is. He is. Other than being, um, you know, kind of down on himself or, as you said, not feeling worthy. You know, that's a, you know, we could all feel that way. So that's one way we can kind of connect with the character. But I don't feel like they work on that enough to get you fully invested. Other than it's Dev Patel. He's a really good actor. Very good. So he can play the role great. But the character itself, I don't really care that much about. So it came down to like what you said, it visually looking very interesting, feeling a little eerie at times. And what stuff does happen on screen is kind of neat in that allegorical, um, mysterious way. But in the end, it's a dude went to go see the night that he uh, he fought in a game and decided that. You know, he has to do the right thing and let him do what he did to him. And like, okay, okay, moving on. You know, but for me, it was by far the better film that I had seen. I guess considering my list, it's the best film I'd seen so far of uh, this year. And uh, that is kind of (laughs) sad. Honestly, it's kind of sad. Yeah. uh, I'm sure there's something that I'm not thinking about, but you'd think if there was a movie that I really enjoyed, it would it would come to the surface. Um, yeah, and it's not. I'm looking through here. Uh, we've got, and this is just all stuff in no particular order. Uh, we had uh, G.I. Joe Origins, Snake Eyes. That was okay. Gave that a two. I think the only other movie I gave a pretty decent review was Jungle Cruise. I gave it a three. It was actually a pretty okay. fun movie. <laughs> I, I recommend it. it. It was a fun, fun time. But uh, that's just bad. Old was awful. Um, you know, I was hoping maybe M. Not Shyamalan would, you know, turn things around. But that movie was terrible. Is he? Uh, is he aboard the hack ship? Oh my God. Uh, yes. I, man, and I just, I hate to say that because I really think he, he tries because he's, you know, old is a movie concept that, you know, you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, they, they're on a beach. They're all getting older. They have to find a way to get off. Very simple premise. No, nothing too crazy. Uh, but you could definitely see a good film there. And it's a bit of a risk. You know, it's not like freaking Scorsese telling the same story a billion times. You know, it's it's this okay. is something. <laughs> hey, let's get some All Irish right. people. And so let's, then let's have them. Let's have them yeah. get mad at each other. Uh-huh. All <laughs> right. Please don't compare Shyamalan <laughs> to Scorsese in my presence. So, <laughs> so I will give it to him that he tried something interesting and wasn't just uh, maybe, I guess in his example, making um, the sixth sense for the billionth time. But uh, I would have to say that he's probably on the hack ship, but Dude, he's on he the lower deck. He anything interesting. He went to goddamn his kid's open house and he heard a fifth grader like a uh, few doors down be like, that, what if when... What if when we went to the beach, we we had it so that we could get we would get older, but you wouldn't know that we got old. You would think that we're just old people, but we did it so that we're older. He heard that from across the hall, and he's like, "That's gold, kid," and he made a shitty ass movie out of it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, the script was awful. The acting was awful. The story was not nearly interesting enough or coherent enough to make you want to stay engaged. I had to just power through it, just hoping that maybe there was a cool ending. It's not a cool ending. It's it's not even anything that like it's basically a bunch of scientists found a place that emanates this weird uh, like time thing of some sort and they've been studying it forever and you know they're they're the one group of many that have went through this and died but two did escape like okay well that's really cool and all but it'd be great if i gave a shit you know about anyone who's even there i was kind of hoping they'd hurry up and die so we can end this movie it's it's sad it's it's really sad because it's a concept that could be really good but he got his hands on it somehow i, I think he may have been one of the writers and just ruined it and I, I you can't say anything but bad direction the director's over all of it he's looked at the writing he's looked at the actors so when it comes to everything come together and it's just all bad you really he's the first person you point to because he's in charge of it all it's sad it really sucks huh. but it's bad Bummer. is there really any is. movie that you're looking forward to nope that you have high hopes for <laughs> Not right now. I do not. I don't have one movie that I'm excited for because James Bond came out this year. Went and saw that. Um, I fell asleep through 30 minutes of it. Uh, Woke back up to the ending, which was the only part that was okay. But even it was kind of sad, but not because the film made it sad. It was just more because of you'd been with this Bond character through this whole series. And it was kind of it was sad to see the send off and also kind of neat as a bond fan. Cause this has never happened before where we actually saw an end of a character. Uh, so that was kind of cool, but that's one small scene out of the rest of the movie. That's very boring and not interesting. And it looks like no one wants to be there. Uh, especially Daniel Craig. You really, I think the last two films, it's felt like he did not want to be there. Uh, and it's sad. It's a bummer. That was the first big blow for me this year. Um, seeing how, how bad that movie was. Um, and boy, I mean, just look at this Hitman's wife bodyguard. I am so sick of Ryan Reynolds. I am. Yeah, just, same I, man. Come on. He's awful. He is just so not funny. Not interesting at all. I, it's like, and I, I feel like it's just a turning point after, um, What's that movie? Uh, not Hitman. Um, uh, what, what's the movie where he wears a spandex and run, runs around? Deadpool. Deadpool. Thank you. Uh, like after that point, it feels like every character he plays is just that. And maybe he's always been that way. I, I'm yeah, I not sure. So they, it's just ran its course. I mean, like with Adam Sandler or anyone like that, they, they kind of fit into that that mold of a character and they just can't break out of it uh, or that's just what everyone know, man. wants. Adam Sandler even still at least sw- switches it up. It, that's true. He has that one movie he did where he's a jeweler. I still haven't watched Dude, that one yet. Adam Sandler's underrated. Underrated. I don't know. He's about underrated. underrated. Uh, I, I look, don't know. If I ha- could pick the, Hollywood career I'd like to model the most, it would be Adam Sandler because he just uh, 
picks a movie where he and his buddies can go on vacation and hit record on a on a movie camera and then get paid giant amounts of dollars for it. And then occasionally he'll come out of left field with a punch drunk or a fucking uncut gems or something where he gets to stretch his, his chops. And then he's got his own projects that he likes to work on. It's like, it's the perfect well-rounded career. I respect yeah. him. You know what? I and I res- I respect that uh that view of him. You know, I I completely disagree, but all the points you make <laughs> up are very good. And I I cannot disagree with the points you've made. Look, he's going to uh, make some stinkers, but he's going to get paid for it and have a good time making them. Well, I think it's he's not he's he makes stinkers is is kind of my problem. If, if Oh, you think if film- someone else was in the role of fucking Herbie Halloween (laughs) that it would have been a success Biggie no 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 I think the concept of the film is fine I I I think you can make a good movie out of any concept there it's just everything else you put into it and that comes down to the acting the writing you know cinematography you know when you're got everything together how are you going to pace it out that it keeps whatever momentum that you're wanting to have for the film so it doesn't it too short or drags on too long but i think any story concept you throw out there if you had a a wall of just random words i know this has been done to death and you just had a dart and you just threw like five darts and stuff you could make a story out of it that could work maybe not theatrical maybe a short story but a film of some sort and the fact that he has all these concepts uh, a brother and his fat sister go on a cruise funny concept you could do something with it um herbie halloween funny concept you could do something with it but the fact that it goes so lazy like the the easiest options you can pick to just keep the movie going along so you can cash those checks and make all the advertisers happy i just can't i can't um give him a pass on that great business you can't model. abide by it huh i can't great business model you're not joking there i mean netflix is paying him shit zillion dollars to pump out these stinkers and that gives him as you said a chance to do other films that are more interesting that allow him to to do something but i just can't i can't get him over that level of just being kind of lazy um i don't know is it because he wears basketball shorts everywhere (laughs) it is it is you're totally right he's of your kind biggie (laughs) he is i know i think we get along very well uh, and honestly, I like all the people he has in his films. David Spade, uh, well, I like <laughs> I him as a person. <laughs> I like David Spade as a person, as an actor, yikes. Um, but he's done some okay stuff. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just can't, I can't give him as much of a pass as you did, but I do like the points you make, though. They're very good points. Um, um Yeah. But we've seen some big directors make some shit movies this year. Uh, let's see. Who's this guy again? Yeah. It's the Ridley No Sudden Scott Moves. made two of them. Oh, my God. They bombed hard. That uh, last duel did not do well. Um, and then that Gucci movie, Gucci Gang or whatever it's called. Gucci uh, Gang, he, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. <laughs> exactly. It, I mean, he's just... You know what? I've been saying it. I've been saying it for years now. I can actually say that. I think one of the first years we did this, I was saying he was a hack. And he is. And it's showing. 
Um, Frick, and this he didn't come up with a film this year. At least I can't. I don't think he does. But uh, someone I will add to the boat is David Fincher. I think he has gotten way more praise than he deserves. Because uh, I finally watched uh, Zodiac. And I, I hadn't seen it before. And Meg and I sat and watched it. And boy, talk about a movie that does not end. Like it just keeps going and going and retreading and treading over it again. The acting is not is okay. It's not great. Uh, but it's more the writing. Man. Like I'm like, I don't know. I mean, basically he has fight club. Like I think he's rode on the curtails of Fight Club for so long, and Dude. every other movie he's made has just been like, yeah, it's okay. Social Network's okay, um, but then Seven? you got ones that are Gone Girl. Gone Girl's not good. Gone Girl's it's good not, is not is not a good movie. It's it's the same problem. It took it's way too strung out on one concept. I can get as a book. It could be really, which is what it's based on. That could be really good. Go into a lot of neat details on the characters. And there's only so much you can do of that in a film and keep it to two hours. But as a film, it's just like, oh, he's the bad guy. I'm running. I'm scared. And then it's just like, okay, now it's time to flip the script. I'm the bad person. I'm a real bitch. And I'm going to just kill everyone. And it's like, okay, as a book, this would be way more interesting. But as a movie, it's just boring and way too drawn out and i blame it on him he should have took the project it just wouldn't work uh same way with the dragon tattoo movie not great probably maybe in the running of one of his worst movies i've never seen that movie it's not worth watching it's i i watched it because it's kind of the height of daniel craig as bond like oh this could be cool to see him in a big movie that's not bond and it's just it's a sleeper um, why didn't you really get much praise to begin with? I just, I, I think he he's fine. He's better than most, but I do feel like he he needs to get a little a little uh, chink out of his armor. He, he needs to be a little more exposed than he is. That he just not he's he's okay. He, he as far as good directors goes, he is an okay one. Here's a here's a thought for you. Okay. Uh, Daniel Craig is a better Benoit Blanc than James Bond. <laughs> Benoit Blanc, what what is that? That's the uh, the inspector in Knives Out. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, I ooh ooh boy, that's a tough one. I um, he needs to build the resume a bit more. You know, he's got two more movies coming out in that franchise, but I think it's going to prove he's going to be remembered for that more than Bond, I think. Oof. It's possible. If he can, if the quality of the film for the other two are on par with the first one, then I would say yes. And that worries me a little because I don't know if they can string this concept out over two films and it still be fresh. I mean, you could say the same thing about bond, obviously, but, um, but I do agree. This was the first film since he took the bond role on that. I truly felt like he was excited to do, you know, you could just tell when someone has that, that energy to do something a little more creative, uh, you know, even though the whole concept of the film isn't necessarily new, but it was a fun movie. He got to play a fun character. Uh, that was definitely not British. 
And that, that was cool. I, I like to see that from him. And he did do it, an outstanding job. I, you could almost say, I mean, he carried the movie, uh, even though everything else was also really well done. But I don't know if I can I can go that far because he is in. I mean, for a legacy that James Bond uh, has, he is easily in the top three, maybe an argument for number one, maybe. Uh, yeah, that might and, be true, but uh, James Bond is a character from a bygone era. I said it. <laughs> yeah. That character is ready to be put out to pasture. They don't need another one. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. For being a, a big fan, I kind of I kind of feel that way, honestly. If if they said that the the last this last film was gonna be it. I think I might breathe a bit of a sigh of relief um, because I definitely do not know if I want to see another Daniel Craig Bond or even a. I, honestly, when I started hearing that Idris Idris Epta, am I pronounced that correctly? Yeah, that's close he, enough. Uh, thank Idris you. Elba. Uh, Idris Elba. <laughs> uh, that he was maybe going to be in the running to be the next Bond. I mean, I get he's a, just a British guy. He's, he's black, so that's definitely different. But, you know, at least it would show to me that they're looking outside of that idea. I don't know about a female being <laughs> a Bond. I don't know if you should really do that. Just if you're going to have a Bond-esque female, you probably just need to make a new character. Um, but, you know, someone like him could be kind of interesting. But still, I agree with you. You know, your concept, it's like Indiana Jones. The concept is going to be the same. Uh, he likes to drink. He likes to sleep with women. He does spy stuff, kind of. And he's witty. And that, all that's kind of cool, but it does feel a little worn out. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Mm. I don't know. I well, don't know. Um, you know, this this year just sucked. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I think the best movies I watched were... From other years, Brazil. Brazil was so stinking good. I can't believe I didn't watch. I remember that you sooner. talking about that last episode. Oh, did I talk about so that? It stuck oh. with you for a while. <laughs> it really has. It's such a good movie. Like uh, I just absolutely loved it. But you know, other than that, Quiet Place Part. Oh, that was actually last year. Never mind. Maybe I watched it this year. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, Quiet Place Part Two. That was this year, wasn't it? It's showing 2020, so it must have been late last uh, last year because I thought it was early this year it came out. Um, but I'll, I do want to talk about what you think is the worst film you watch because I have one in particular. Oof, that's pretty bad. I mean, you put me list. on the spot. Um, one that stands out as being not fun at all was the, and seems to be highly regarded for some reason is uh the movie Titan which is um i think it's french it's a yes. french movie about uh dealing with trauma <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's a lot there's these hyper violent moments which i wanted more of but then it gets to be a bit too much and it's like trying to shock you. Um, it's it's 
It's the movie equivalent of like a 20 year old on open mic night at like a comedy club. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's fascinating. Uh, just trying to get stuff to get a reaction. And it, it's most of the time, not good. Really? But it does get a reaction. It's just not the reaction that they probably would have hoped for. Um, but people seem to really like it. Uh, maybe for the deeper symbolism of the end scene of it all. But uh, yeah, basically it's, it's rough. This girl, um, Gets knocked up by a car. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, this girl gets pregnant by a car. By by a car. Yeah, nah, there's symbolism in there. It's it's not really a car, but um, that's how her trauma interprets it, and that's how the scene is portrayed. Is her getting fucked by a car? <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, you've got me interested again. Uh, I, cause I have it uh, saved on my computer. I just, I have not, uh, clicked play yet. Uh, and, uh, I'd heard you know, some of your all's reactions, um, uh, after you watched it and it, it kind of, I was like, uh, bums me out. Although I kind of expected maybe it would not be, it was on that line of like, it could be like a really interesting film or just they tried too hard as, as you said, and it just nothing worked. Yeah. It's just trying to be more shocking than uh, thought-provoking or even interesting to watch. There's definitely uh, some good bo- body horror if you're into that. Like, there's for real? Some cool, like, I liked it more for that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just a bit too on the nose and heavy-handed. And, um, yeah, I think I cut it a bit more slack than most of the people that I watched it with. But that said, it's still not a good movie, and I wouldn't suggest anyone really watch it. Ah, such a bummer, man. You know, early on, it looked very fascinating. Uh, interesting visuals from th- some of the stills that were released. That's, sure. that's a bummer. What about you? What's uh, your one? I've got two, and I'll, well, shoot. Actually, I have a whole list. Maybe I'll touch on a couple just quickly. Um Oh, what's we just uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, he released a movie called The Guilty on Netflix, and it's god awful. Don't watch it. Uh, it they basically filmed it during quarantine, and it shows. Uh, there was another movie called The Voyeurs, and it's only good for one reason, and that's uh, the main actress. Oh, boobies! To, yeah, you 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 do get to see it. She's a beautiful lady. And uh, but boy, that film is awful. Uh, but the one that is just an absolute stinker and shouldn't come to any surprise because I only watched about 25 minutes of it and that was too long. And that was the Space Jam movie. Oh, I didn't I'd even bother. I knew going in. Oh, I I felt the same way. I was like, well, I've got that. No, they got me like I've got HBO. Might as well just turn it on. I could just turn it off. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I, I guess people got paid. So that that's a good thing about the movie, uh, I guess. But other than that, man, you talk about a, a uh, an ad like it's, it's, it's an expensive ad and people were right. That's exactly what it is. Void of content. Uh, what's there is just sad. Man, it's just so sad. It just—it's a film that just makes you wonder: 
did everyone on the project like is this what they wanted to make like you spend all these years we, we shit on films constantly i shit on films constantly but there is that understanding that people's time energy stress you know all that go into making these things it's not easy it's really hard yeah. to make a movie you'd think that and, they would sit down at a giant conference table before anything happens and be like all right let's figure out who this movie's for what's our demo here <laughs> right right yeah what what are we trying to accomplish here who are we targeting all right is is this a film that we would want to watch uh even because you can tell that too you know it it all channels into the film you know, if you've got something that people are excited for, not everyone's going to be excited about the same thing. And that's OK. But I feel like the majority of the people, even though if it's not content that they would normally would watch, are still like there's some value here. There, There is value that maybe I won't get as much of, but someone else will. This is a movie that I can't see anyone getting any value out of. And that is just sad because Looney Tunes are neat. LeBron James is a really good basketball player. Surely I can get something of substance out of this, but man, you just can't. I, I would love to hear an argument for this movie. I would be fascinated. I you know even... there's a guy out there that's like, that's his favorite movie. Right, there's right. someone and... out there that is right now probably telling someone at work, he probably works at a Wendy's, <laughs> and he's brought it <laughs> We brought it up for the fucking sixth time today. You know, made a reference. He's like, you know, he sh he took a you know a wrapper from a fucking uh, Wendy's Junior Burger and tossed it into the garbage from ten feet away, and then nudged his coworker. And he's like, you know, it's just that was just like uh, the final seconds of the Space Jam movie. What I just did right there. <laughs> And his oh, coworkers man. like, holy fuck, dude! Again with the Space Jam, like the first one, the one in the '90s wasn't even that good, dude. The, and this one's way worse. And it's LeBron. <laughs> he's just getting upset with him, <laughs> but he sticks to his guns. He goes home after his shift at Wendy's, and he pops it on again. And you know, he's probably got his favorite parts that he scrubs to at this point. I'm sure he's not watching sure. the whole movie over and over. But uh, sure, yeah, it's, it's his favorite. He's got the Tune Squad jersey. Someone probably got that for him for Christmas. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> out there. That guy is there. I really hope that person doesn't exist. <laughs> I hope he's listening to this show. He's like, they're talking about me. And he calls in next week. If this person exists, please send us an email. I will get you on the pod and we will do, do an episode of this. Because yeah, you can I tell really us all about know. Space Jam. Please, if you can convert me to loving Space Jam, the new legacy, um, I honestly don't know what I would do. I'd have to really rethink life, I think, at that point. Because, boy, oh boy, it is... I mean, going into it, I thought it'd be bad. And very rarely do I go into a movie thing that's bad and it ends up being worse. It's shocking. So I have to put it there. But probably the film uh, that I was most disappointed of was a movie called Mainstream. And it stars uh, Andrew Garfield and someone who I just I just root for constantly. He's such a good actor. Hacksaw Ridge is probably the only movie he's got a lot of recognition for from you know, the like the Academy and, and stuff like that. 
And uh, he he's also the lead in Tick, Tick, Boom, which he does a, a good job in, uh, even though personally, I think the rest of it just doesn't live up to what it should have been. But mainstream was just such a cool concept of a of a film. It's just to put all as short as possible. Um, he's just some uh, uh, well, what's the word for a homeless guy just kind of wandering around. This girl who's big in the photography and YouTube and stuff finds him, and then they create a YouTube show that just gets really popular. It gets picked up by a network, and he just spirals out of control. Um, it it does a lot of base, you know. Uh, I guess allegory is not commentary would be the better word of, you know, what we see today, you know, kids doing stuff on TikTok because it's popular or being influenced by an influencer who doesn't give two shits about you. They're doing it for, you know, themselves and or the money or the fame, all that. Uh, But, you know, you're getting yourself in the trouble and just being in that position to be rich, powerful and very influential to make people do things that they shouldn't be doing. And uh, cool concept. The problem is it's like it was made by, uh, you know, an 18 year old for uh, their first um, uh, film, you know, or they wrote the script out and then it was handed off to another 18 year old who's going to be their first time directing. And this is what they made. It's just really bad. And he tries his hardest to carry the whole thing. But everyone else in the film is just awful. The writing's awful. The pacing's awful. It's just a bad movie. Uh, But that just makes it disappointing because the concept's really cool. Uh, and it could have been great. Dang. It's like it was made yeah. on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. But you have any other films? Monday. He, he, he does. Good. <laughs> you have any other uh, films you want to talk about? Uh, no, not really. I mean, um, I'm really, I'm the movie I'm looking forward to right now is licorice pizza. The Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, I hope it's been a while since I've had a good coming of age movie, and I think that might scratch that itch for me. Um, and then you know the new Batman. I hope it's good. <laughs> and then Spider Man. I'm going to see that on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Nice, nice. We'll probably do another episode around um, Oscar season, so I'll be very excited to hear your thoughts on the. Spider-Man film because man it is making so much money. Holy yeah. crap! That's good. Right in time for movie theaters to shut down again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I know one movie. You know, talking about something we're excited for. It's out right now that I really want to see Nightmare Alley. Really interested in that one. Uh, yeah, and that that'll probably do it for me for the year. But uh, I'm looking at my list. I guess going into next year, I'm kind of interested in the re um i guess the sequel to uh edge of tomorrow i really enjoyed the first one a lot uh just a really fun film so they're doing a sequel i'm sure it's not gonna be nearly as good uh but still i'm i'm interested in it but um i guess i just need to look at the schedule for next year and find something to look forward to because i'm just man i don't know i don't know just haven't found much yet but Hey, you know, if you want to share your thoughts on any films out of uh, 2021, you know, if it came out that year or maybe it didn't come out that year and it's just something that just really stuck with you and, you know, you want to chat about it, please shoot us an email at justokmovies at gmail.com or send us a tweet at justokmovies. You know, we love to hear about it. And I'm serious about the Space Jam. Anyone who has some serious arguments for that movie and why it's good, and I want sincere arguments, let me know. I want to talk to you. Very, very badly. 
But anyways, uh, we actually had. Yeah, we we will gladly talk to you about it. It's just, you know, I'm not going to make fun of you. None of us going to make fun of you. I just eh, I might make fun of you. OK, Guido might make fun of you. I'm genuinely curious. You know, it's I, you know, I stand up here. Oh, it feels like at least we're doing it weekly, almost every week, defending <laughs> a really shitty movie. I stand destroyed. up here once a month or once a year. <laughs> once a year. <laughs> exactly. Well, we actually have a voicemail from our good friend, Ingi, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. Let's check it out. Hello, Just Okay Movies. My favorite podcast. I appreciate you guys still going strong, and uh, I've been meaning to leave this one for a while. (laughs) Last time you asked for movies uh, to watch and talk about the next episode, I watched a lot of movies since then, but I put down four. One I didn't like, one I liked to dislike, one I liked, and one I loved. So, one I didn't like, the talented Mr. Ripley. I know it's, I thought it was supposed to be good, but I thought it was kind of long and boring and unoriginal. Maybe just because it's old. Uh, one I like to dislike was the house that Jack built with Matt Dillon. It's a bonkers movie by Lars von Trier. Uh, I watched it after listening to a podcast called PESD that I know Guido also listens to. They talked about it on there and how bonkers it was. And it's it's not a good movie. It's 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 a bad movie, but it's so out there and weird that it. It's at least interesting. Uh, a movie I liked, but I thought I would like more, was Big Fish by uh, Tim Burton. It was all right. I didn't love it. That was just pretty good. And a movie I l- really loved was Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood. I'd never seen it, uh, heard about it, watched it for the first time, and it was absolutely amazing and i'm planning to watch the the whole trilogy of eastwood movies uh festival of dollars movies uh so take your pick you've probably seen seen at least one or two of these maybe all uh so yeah I miss you guys it's inky by the way inky thor okay bye <laughs> hey bye <laughs> Wow, Ingi, what an eclectic group of movies. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Holy cow, he's going to call us next time with uh, his top 10 movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. Absolutely love it. I feel bad. I've never seen Talented Mr. Ripley or House That Jack Built. Uh, I'm going to add those to my list because they sound, especially the House That Jack Built, sounds very fascinating. Um, but yeah, Big Fish, uh, solid movie, but I agree with you. I, I kind of would feel the same way about it. Um, yeah, Big Fish is uh, fine. Uh, I think that's my sister's favorite movie. I For think. real? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's, it's I don't definitely know. Maybe a solid movie. I remember her liking that for some reason. Maybe it's the book. Is it a book? That I don't know. I, I know I've seen it on stage before, too. Oh is really? It a, is it a a theater adaptation? I, I, I don't know. know. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, Big Fish. Good. Dad tells fake stories. He's a goddamn liar. 
That's what I got out of that movie. <laughs> oh, boo-hoo, my liar dad died. Yeah, go cry me a river and then float on it up the Amazon and run into a bridge troll and uh, give it, it your pocket watch so that it tells you five riddles that'll get you uh, to the new jungle hut uh, quicker than last time. <laughs> what? Well, come on, big fish. <laughs> wow. Ingy, you really struck a nerve on big fish. <laughs> what, like a 15 year old movie. <laughs> Wow, fascinating. Uh, Unforgiven, I agree. Uh, really, really good. Although, out of them, I think Good and Bad and the Ugly is my, still my favorite, which is not an original idea. You know, it's a, definitely a, a film that is just a blast and very iconic, yeah. especially the ending scene. So if you like the Unforgiven, you're going to really, I think you'll really enjoy uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, I like uh, Cry Macho. That's uh, where Clint Eastwood... Uh, actually is the crypt keeper from tales from the crypt. And uh, he makes friends with another ethnic child. Like he (laughs) he does in movies these days. He's crotchety and old man and somehow gets into fist fights when he's 98 years old. Um, Yeah. That's the one where he's like, come to my crypt and let me sling my metals for you and he spins his guns around and then like the indian or asian or you know inner city black kid will be like hey what you talking about what you talking about (laughs) eastwood (laughs) that's my favorite of the clint eastwood movies i can see why classic absolutely classic Well, I guess we'll end it there. Uh, Guido, thank you so much, man, for hopping on here, doing this end of year movie review thing, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, no, I had, I had fun. We should do this I more think- often. <laughs> we should. You know, Meg and I were talking about that. Like, you know, I love doing like, especially chatting with you, Guido, because you're you're just such a good person to chat to about about movies or really anything uh but it's like oh, I, I don't oh of course man um uh, i don't know if i missed the weekly grind though i think i love podcasting up to that point you know um because it really does wear on you after a while you know it's it's tough to get yeah. on every week and like okay what the hell am i going to talk about today yeah it's a little tough um we should set some sort of precedent like if Someone, if four people ping Biggie Size to do another episode, then he'll do it, right? Is that does that seem yeah. fair? Yeah. If you just send a strong worded argument or or plea or or something, I don't know. Like what Guido said, like, hey, I watched this movie. It was really bad. Convince me otherwise, or or something. Then. There's a good chance that we'll hop on and do an episode. Uh, yeah, or just we'll, a we'll simple like, opinion. hey, it's been three weeks since the last episode. Can you make another one, please? Yeah, make us feel wanted. Yeah. Please want us. That's all we yeah. ask. Nobody asked <laughs> yeah. for this episode. No, no. I I, I asked Guido. I'm like, hey, you want to talk about movies for a bit? And he's like, yeah, sure. It was great. Yeah. That's all it takes. 
Well, anyways, uh, yeah, please let us know if there's something, a topic or a film or something that uh, you want to talk about. And it may just spur us to hop on here and do an episode because we do it for you guys. We, we kind of do it for us, too, because we like making fun of each other and shitting about movies or even praising them, uh, but mostly shitting on them. Uh, but, you know, we also want to do it for you all, too. So if you find it entertaining, leave a review. Let us know you want more content. And I promise you, we'll probably do it. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, hey, you all have a good, uh, this come out a couple days before Christmas. So have a good Christmas. Have a good new year. We'll definitely should be back for Oscar season once that list drops. And yeah, if chat all about fails, all we'll, we'll do some Oscar stuff. We, we got we got to keep them honest. Uh, someone on the Oscar committee or someone who knows someone who knows someone on the Oscar committee probably listens to this podcast. Yeah, you think maybe. so? Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> lost steam on that bit. I'm like, no, this is not probable at all. Oscar <laughs> himself it. listens to this show. <laughs> yes, for a fact. Oh, man. Oh, hey, you all have a good holidays. Have a good new year. Stay safe. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye.